0: Welcome to She Leads in Tech, where we exist to showcase and spotlight the talents and achievements of women in tech. We're a platform to share knowledge, experiences, and expertise to encourage women to realize their leadership potential at every level of career in the tech industry.
1: Technology plays a crucial role in our lives and mental well being. While it's true that technology affects virtually everyone involved, societal expectation combined with peer pressure surrounding technology affects women differently and often more negatively the lack of access to mental health care and support further exacerbates an already difficult situation for many women trying to balance work and caring responsibilities this week she leads founder lydia Goche is joined by tama blue founder and ceo of mental happy to explore an alternative approach to mental health care. Mental Happy is a mental health platform helping individuals overcome challenging life events via professionally-led peer support groups. Thama's mission is to make mental health care accessible, affordable, and stigma-free. Mental Happy utilizes a variety of health and wellness professionals, thereby expanding mental health care. This session is co-hosted by Atana Leeson, Compliance and Assurance Officer at Altern Co., where she is the Chair of the Health and Wellbeing Committee. Atana is a trained mental health first aider and is a champion for making mental health care practice part of the workplace culture.
0: Hello, good afternoon. Thank you everyone for joining us for this recording of She Leads in Tech. I am Lydia Igoche, the founder of the Sheleads platform and today I've got co-hosting with me Atina Lasin, my esteemed colleague from Alt&Co. Atina is a, a compliance officer and well-being champion at Alt&Co, so she's co-hosting this session with me. And our guest today on the session is Tamar Blue, founder and CEO of Mental Happy. And today we'll be discussing uh, alternative uh, ways in in, in mental health care, because this is Mental Health Month and we decided to spend a bit of time with Tamar talking about this and all of the new jazzy innovations in, in the mental health space. So thank you both for being here on a Friday afternoon. I know Tamar, you're joining us all the way from um, Gosh, I'm going to let you cover that bit because
2: <laughs> San Francisco, California. <laughs> San Francisco,
0: California. And of course, myself and Athena are joining from here in the UK. Atina is up in Northampton, and I'm here um, based in Guildford. So, quite a bit of
2: diverse uh,
0: location.
2: So, thank you all. Yeah, for- we're oceans away, but still together.
0: <laughs> uh, for technology.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Thank well, you guys so much for having me here. I'm happy to be here.
0: Good. Thanks. Thanks for making time. Uh, just to kick us off and get us all relaxed, especially myself, so you, as you can tell, the nerves are
3: falling out <laughs> doing this, session
0: today. Yeah. we're going to start with a bit of tri- uh, trivia and I'm going to start with Athena. So I'm going to ask Athena, what's your favourite
3: colour? So my favourite colour is mustard. So, not only do I like eating it, I I just buy everything (laughs) mustard, even my desk chair, and I've got some blur behind me, that's all. So, yeah, for some reason, it just sparks joy in me. So, everything a little bit of yellow and mustard everywhere.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to cry because I think all of the times I've worked with you, I thought we definitely have something in common. Yeah. Mustard is my favorite color. Yeah. If I flip around, you would see there are pillows, uh, mustard, my curtains, a shade of mustard. There's mustard everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Including the frame that is mustard. So uh, that's just awesome to hear. <laughs> <laughs> and you, Emma, what's your favorite color?
2: Uh, so even though my last name is blue, <laughs> my favorite <laughs> color is <laughs> my favorite color is purple um I just I, I've always liked it I, I feel like you know like a guy girl like it's just it's a good neutral color um and, and I love all the shades of purple so
0: yeah that's fascinating I think mm-hmm. I I really love how color tends to evoke happiness uh that's what most yeah. of it does for me because I feel <laughs> <laughs> that makes True. Me happy so it's a happy <laughs>
2: It is. It's it's a very happy color. It's true. Colors just kind of make you, it, it really can affect your mood and, and uplift you.
0: Yeah, yeah. So important to be surrounded by the colors you like.
2: Mm-hmm. True.
0: Okay, good. So we can uh, properly uh, start now. And I'm just going to come to you, Tamar, because you're our guest speaker today to Tell us about you and your career journey up until the founding of Mental Happy. Uh, Mm. And then Athena will be taking over to go into the in-depth questions on mental health and then I'll come back to finish at the end.
2: Yeah, sure. So uh, um, again, my name is Tamar Blue. I'm the founder and CEO of Mental Happy. Uh, We've been around for six years now. And at Mental Happy, what we do is we uh, have a platform, a telehealth platform that helps providers and health professionals uh, provide additional health, mental health services to either their clients, patients, or members. Um, And they can do that in the form of like online uh, support groups that they provide. So um, we provide the technology and health professionals get to really extend their services, um, extend their time, uh, and really extend help to more people at a time because it's in a, it's in a group setting. And uh, we're based here in, in San Francisco. Um, funny enough, we we started our journey with um, a physical wellness product and Um, the company just really kind of kept on growing. Um, We had huge followings on social media. Uh, We were selling the wellness uh, kit products to like large corporations and then um, really just naturally kind of evolved into us doing um, software because we realized that um, mental health services are, are really expensive. Not everyone has access to uh, getting uh, a two hundred dollar session for just fifty minutes of a month or every two weeks, so we decided that well, groups are just as effective um, as one on one. It's been proven. It's, it started with the you know AA, Alcoholics Anonymous model, and it it really allows people to find support uh, within a community. We've taken it one step further and had the, these groups led by uh, experts so that you can really ensure the eff- efficacy of the information that you're getting and education and really just uh, affordable tools to helping you solve your life's journey. What's also unique about our platform is that we, we have groups that go beyond just like depression and anxiety what I really love about the platform is that it's focused on life events. So you can find a support group for really all the things that you could possibly go through in life, whether you, um, you're a new mom, whether you're you you know, you're navigating a, a recent divorce or a diagnosis or an illness of some sort, or maybe you are um, a caregiver to a loved one or your child, and you could use some extra emotional and, and mental health support you, there's typically a, a group on the platform for you
3: yeah that sounds amazing I think um I think what's really good is you're 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 talking about different walks of life and not just being specifically anxiety um what was it do you think that you that led you to mental health and having to look into mental health uh is there something that happened within your life or was it just kind of the state of of the world in a way what do you think actually yeah. might be
2: there? I, you know, I've, I've always been a fan of the peer support group model. My very first peer support group that I started was in high school. Yeah. And um, we, we helped uh, lower classmen get paired with upperclassmen that were, you know, reporting being bullied or not feeling safe on campus or just really kind of feeling alone and could really use someone to help them walk to class with them at lunch. So I've just always been a fan of that model. Later on in my journey, I definitely had some struggles with like panic attacks. And I've been on both sides of the spectrum in terms of you can afford that $200 or you can't afford that $200. I think one to one therapy is, you know, a fantastic tool. The state of uh, mental health now is that really there are very few. Licensed therapists here in the United States, there's actually only 31 licensed therapists per every 100,000 um, people uh, in, in America. I would imagine that those statistics are somewhat similar and probably start to get less and less as you kind of look around in different countries. Um, and there has to be a, a way to really reach more people where, you know, cost isn't a barrier. And you know, language isn't a barrier. Finding representation, right? Finding providers that look like you, sound like you, uh, can relate to what you're going through, should be a- a- attainable. So, really, just looking at all of those things that I wanted and I couldn't really find in the market is really collectively what led to creating Mental Happy.
3: Yeah.
2: So it's about kind of providing it
3: for those um, more vulnerable populations as well and um, and people who may not have access absolutely yeah yeah Brilliant. so um i think when we were talking before we had this session we, you were talking about um, the data behind the power of peer um support groups and i was wondering whether you could elaborate a little bit more on that and, and what sort of data you collect um
2: yeah, so um, we don't just uh, <laughs> warning. We don't do anything with anybody's data, like yeah, we don't no. sell it or anything like that. Um, and really, um, we're not in the business of like collecting data on anyone. It's it's really just a place where um, providers themselves can um, really reach their clients and their members and their patients through education through these. We either weekly or bi weekly group meetings. There, the only thing we ask when people come onto the platform is that we'll do a well, what we call like a wellness check or a wellness assessment. Again, you know, we're not collecting that information to like sell it to anyone, it's just checking in to see, like, hey, how are you feeling? What brings you here? You know, how long you've been feeling this way and, you know, what type of services you're looking for so that we can match you with a provider that is a leading a support group.
3: Yeah, and do you think that's kind of told you uh, what pockets of people you can reach out to or provided some insights in that respect?
2: Yeah, one of the things that we, we do um, ask in terms of like collecting some small information is really just what type of group you're looking for. And if you don't see that type of group, when we were starting out, if with a person if we didn't have that type of group on the platform, we would ask, well, well, what is it? And I think in asking like, hey, what type of support group you feel like you need or you you know maybe you and another friend are looking for, I'm just really amazed at like all of the different life topics that people feel like they need a support. like on the platform the other day I, you know I saw something about um, the uh, adoptee the adult adoptee journey, right? And these are just things like, Unless you experienced it, you wouldn't like overcoming um, a past relationship with like a narcissist, right? Um, Just things like that, that you just wouldn't, we think of the regular things like grief, divorce, and becoming a new parent, or just like all the happier life moments. But um, there is a a very broad spectrum of the human experience. And uh, we're glad that, you know, we can identify that and what the needs are and really help find providers that are wanting to lead groups based on those topics.
3: Yeah, I think that's
2: really valuable. So thank you so much for sharing on that.
3: I think as well, so uh, the reason that we've got you in is along with mental wellbeing, we, always, we also have a women's group. So we're trying to speak to women kind of from all walks of life in different industries. We're particularly trying to encourage people in tech, but also I think some of the things that are always coming up is, how people can deal with stress or imposter syndrome, and especially in the female community, I don't know whether you could kind of elaborate on any strategies that you might have or know of. That, uh, that yeah, that's
2: would be that's a really be. good question. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I think being a just a woman in general, no matter what the field, you know, I, I'm an entrepreneur in tech. Um, even if you are, you know, you know, in a different corporate environment, a different profession. I think women always experience some level of not feeling well for good reason, right? Like not feeling adequate to uh, male peers. One, they make more (laughs) so that, you know, that can, that can knock down your confidence knowing that you're doing just as hard of a job, but you're not validated financially in terms of like your skills and abilities. Um, And, and I think for a long time, before I became like someone's partner and, and a mom and, and things of that nature. I just kind of always thought like those things weren't important. I, it just, it wasn't like a real job. I feel so bad for saying that, like being someone's partner is just, it's a no brainer being a mom. It's like you chose to be a mom, but those are like really hard jobs. <laughs> and those are really tough jobs. And those jobs require, um, really the same level of, um, creativity, the same level of like problem solving, the same level of resilience that you would take into a a corporate workplace. So, you know, for women, it it can sometimes feel like two sides of our life really isn't, doesn't feel like it's enough or validated. But um, I think my, my techniques for overcoming that um, is just really giving myself a lot of daily um, affirmations in the beginning um, and even if it felt like it was untrue, I, you know, I said it and enough times, like allowed, like having these positive affirmations allowed um, to really where now it, it does feel very true. I, I have very little moments of like imposter syndrome. You know, you, I, you also have to think you are where you are because you belong there right? It wasn't an accident. Someone didn't accidentally leave a door open (laughs) and that's how you stumbled in. Um, You're there because you're deserving Um, and you're amongst like one of the smartest people in the room. So um, it just, it just takes a lot of self-esteem building to, to really kind of, to kind of navigate that and get over it and realize like the little things we do as women are all valid. They, they count, you know, whether you're, breastfeeding and you're a mom at home just breastfeeding or you're in the corporate world like it's all the same um it's it's all the same uh strength that we have
3: yeah
2: thank you and i think as well um
3: something that's been in the media a lot lately is kind of around social media and technology and and how we're always switched on but it'd be really good to get some insight in how to in how you think um you can effectively use social media as well. are there positive things to that and what's your opinion on that really?
2: Yeah so I you know I'm definitely a fan of social media. I mean I, I, I love my, my favorite platform is probably Twitter. Um, I think it, it brings it brings clarity to a lot of stories and things and experiences that are happening all the way across the world it's, it's been a a very formative platform when it comes to uh, calling out social injustices. And um, it's also a very place, it's a great place to get like a lot of funny, (laughs) just a lot of funny, lighthearted content too, which I really love. Um, You know, social media is, it's curated by the people, like for the people. Um, Of course, you know, there's arguments like, when to introduce social media to children and when is it appropriate so that they don't consume um, too much of it? Are we consuming too much of it as adults? You know, and, and how do we, are we, do we, um, do we see like too much of like a polished world on social media where everything's just like perfect? Um, I think it, it's certain like with any, any tool or platform or technology, I think as founders, we build something with the intent that we have in our minds on how it should be used. But once people get a hold of it, they use it completely different. Um, and we even see that, you know, with our platform oftentimes, um, certain features like people are drawn to more than the others, right? Yeah. Um, but I, I don't think it's necessarily uh, a bad thing. I I know there's a lot of controversy around like the metaverse and you know what that's going to be like. Um, you know I think it's just things of technology just is evolving that's all and um, there's there's some middle ground but uh, social media is definitely very useful
3: yeah and I think like you said
2: creating a network
3: and via tech has been your kind of bread and butter so you know reaching out to more people in different areas because you've got the reach of that technology is a really amazing thing And yeah, and I, and I
2: also, oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh (laughs) Oh, and I was also going to say, I, and, you know, the social media platforms have also been um, really great in closing wealth gaps for um, women, closing wealth gaps for people of color, or at least helping to close um, wealth gaps. I mean, you know, you can start a business online and just kind of launch it to, your followers, or even if you don't have followers, you can build followers. Um, you know, you can sell your products, you can launch your app. So I think it's been very useful in um, shackling people from um, whatever job that they had before. And and I mean, this means you know more women get out of abusive relationships, right? Because there's there's an easy way to to earn earn money. More more people lift themselves out of poverty because there's an easy way to to earn money through social media. So. For all the bad things, um, there's a lot of good. Yeah,
3: and I think um, I think we've we had a question here around kind of app-based mental health care support and building resilience rather than coping me- mechanisms. So I think um, it'd be really interesting just to if you could elaborate a little bit more on that. So, um,
2: so <laughs> I don't think coping mechanisms are totally bad i mean i think there's some instances where um you know you have a day where you're maybe just trying to cope and survive right um but 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 i think but i think long term we do have to find um some solutions that are um sustainable for people that are inclusive of everyone um I know, I know here in the United States, um, you know, we, a lot of people do have access to healthcare, um, and a lot of people still don't. And, um, even with the people who do have access to healthcare, it's just, it's very not transparent in terms of like what you're going to be charged after you have, you know, some procedure or thing, like they typically don't tell you the price up front. So there's like a lot of lack of transparency. Um, you know, you could just have a baby and, you know, end up having an $100,000 bill um, just from having a baby. So um, I, 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 think, I think there's just so many um, broken parts. Um, and it's really hard to exclude any one path or another that's trying to fix it. I hope I answered that question. It's just, <laughs> I, I, think, I think all the processes, all the mechanisms are are kind of needed in healthcare because it's just so incredibly uh, fragmented right now. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you.
3: So, again, I think uh, with regards to your journey, it'd be really interesting to know a little bit about kind of your biggest challenges in growing in your career um, and growing that in the well being space.
2: Yeah. Um, biggest challenges. Oof. <laughs> is that too many or is it, it just been, been easy oh my gosh there's there's been a few there's yeah been a few. um um you know I so I will say the initial challenge in um my my career which I do consider it a career now I, I didn't consider yeah. it a career <laughs> even as of like recently even as of like two years ago but um I realized this is a, a career for me um I think the biggest initial challenge is uh, confidence. Um, I, when, I, when I started Mental Happy, um, it, actually, even before I started Mental Happy, I started another company before that um, that was nowhere near as successful <laughs> as we are now. So sometimes it takes some trying for sure. Um, but I had quit my then career to really kind of go out on my own um, and I remember my mom being like, "How are you gonna pay your mortgage and pay your bills if you like quit your job?" And it's just so risky. And what if it doesn't work out? And um, you know, and I and I think, I think that generation is just really about like safety and stability and just you know being able to keep a roof over your head. Um, and I'm a millennial, and, and our generation is more like we want to be respected. We want to feel free we want to you know kind of do the things um we want to be nice to people <laughs> want to be kind like millennials have like a a different um definitely a very different beat of their drum that they're kind of walking by and i just didn't want to do that anymore so i think the first part of the career journey was having the confidence to break away from everything that i was taught um everything that like i have west indies caribbean parents so just really strict, really rigid, really kind of um, uh, traditional in like what you should do. So having the confidence to kind of like say, that's not for me and step away and do my own thing and really kind of move without a, an initial safety net. Um, and I think the the second biggest challenges um, in career is um, really just like learning very, very quickly. Um, I I didn't have a technical background, like I didn't go to school for tech, it's not like I knew how to develop or code or build software or anything like that. So I had to learn those things like very fast. I mean, I I still don't code. um, But I do build the product in the sense that I create the user experience along with my team. Um, I also help with uh, um, like the marketing, so teaching yourself marketing, teaching yourself social media, what it means? like what are some of the development languages and how to talk to a developer an engineer and how to collaborate with them, um, how to talk to customers, right one on one. that was that was very different experience for me. So the learning and doing all at the same time um, posed a very, very steep learning curve um, in the beginning. Now I feel like I've got like a strong handle on it. And um, if I had to think of maybe another, Another challenge um, would be like just being able to figure out how to raise money as a woman, right? Like we get, we've gotten so uh, women and women receiving funding from like venture capital and things of that nature is just, um, it was at the time that I was starting out it was almost non-existent. It was like 0.00% of billions of millions of dollars went to, to women. Um, And now I think in the six years that I've been doing this, it's like closer to 2%. So we still have a long way um, to go. So, so knowing that the odds are so stacked against you mathematically, right. Um, And to still have like that confidence to have like that faith to go out and ask investors um, to invest in your company uh, was definitely a, a different, a different challenge that I had to navigate early on in my career. But um, yeah, those are the, I'd say those are the things, confidence, asking for money and uh, really learning uh, and knowing as much as the boys do very fast. Yeah. And I think that kind of hearts back as well to, you
3: know, talking about being able to build some resilience uh, and also building that confidence. Because I think a lot of the women that I speak to, that seems to be the main barrier is, you know, being able to say, actually, I can do this. And I'll be able to find the support. Yeah. So, yeah. Right.
2: That's that's, yeah. A, that's actually a good thing you just said. And we'll be able to find the support. Yeah. I think that's another thing that we really doubt um, when we're doing something. It's just we kind of come from the perspective that we have to do it all alone.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, but one of the things I've, I've been meditating about and, like, really realized is that, like, support will show up for you when the timing is right. Like, you, you should just kind of have to trust and believe in that. So that's really great that you said that. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> um, so I think as well.
3: Um, I think uh, our last question here was just about what. What are your biggest influences? Really, I think you said about um, your affirmations, but it's what has influenced you in your journey? Or who? Um,
2: <laughs> or who? Yeah, I'm. You know, there's a um, there's a speaker, and and she's like a a, a best-selling author. Um, I guess she's known globally, but she's definitely very popular in the United States. Her name is Esther Hicks. Um, I really love her works. I I really love her writings. Um, That's been a huge influencer for me uh, in terms of um, really having more confidence in myself, really having um, just more confidence in things will work out. (laughs) Uh, There's just so many things you can't control in life, but Um, what I love about her writings is like, if she's like, if you just look around in nature in general, um, nature has already done so much of the work, right? Like oxygen has been here (laughs) for millions and millions of years before you came along. Like the earth spins without your effort, the sun rises and sets without your effort. Um, so, you know, all these things, all these mechanisms are happening around you with very little action or effort, um, from you. So, uh, her writing is is fantastic and um other influences collectively um you know I think about like my ancestors a lot I I don't know obviously a lot of them, like I don't know great 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 grandparents but um I think about them a lot because I always wonder like how much harder their journey had to be right um, to, for me to arrive, like, it's like they ran so that I could like walk and crawl. Um, so I, I definitely find influence, um, uh, in that as well. And, um, again, like I love reading. So works from like Maya Angelou, um, Audrey Lord, um, are just really big, have just always been really big influences in my life. Brilliant. Thank you
3: for sharing those then. Um, I'll pass that to Lydia, but I'm not sure if I just stole her closing questions. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, oh, I'll carry on. I'll take out. <laughs> she can have another
2: closing question. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: Fine. I, I, I don't want to ask any more questions. <laughs> <I> really enjoyed <laughs> listening to the conversation and having an opportunity to actively learn from myself um, on, on these recordings. So it was just brilliant to sit here and just hear the conversation flow I think for me um, that point you made particularly around support groups is is a completely new uh, concept uh, of course within our uh, our work uh, organization Atina is a big influence in making sure we're all thinking about our mental health and personally yeah. it's not one of the things I wake up thinking, about, yeah. but it's one yeah. of the things I, I, I should think about given how pl- uh, full my plate is, and, and there's just never any let up. So, so one was good to do this with Atina here. And as I said to you before, I know she would bring <laughs> a lot of depth <laughs> to yeah. this conversation, and you would both have a, a richer conversation uh, than me leading the conversation. So I'm, I'm just happy to have listened. <laughs> <laughs> So one yeah. thing I'll, I, I definitely take away uh, would be to listen to all of the stuff Athena asks us to do at work because <laughs> um, in, in a way what Athena does in our workplace is like a, a physical, well, it is a support group. It's not app-based uh, like yeah. Mental Happy does, but it is a support mm-hmm. group that is meaningful. And we all get reminders to say, you know, from things like, are you sitting in the right way? Um, to you know, did you meditate? Or today, for example, is world meditation day, and you know, take out 20 minutes to mm-hmm. and and small stuff like practicing um mindfulness. Um, so I've heard about mindfulness before, but I think I've only started practicing it when I'm, I'm putting Atina on the spot a lot when Atina started. <laughs> about mindfulness at work and um, I find yeah. myself because um we had a breathing exercise which of course Atina facil- facilitated mm-hmm. and I find myself practicing that over and over again when I'm doing different things when the kids are winding me up when I feel something's going to follow so I think mental health is a conversation we should be having as women in tech because you rightly said mm-hmm. we are we, we, we've we've got all of these different roles and one key yeah. thing you said is that we bring the same set of competencies whether we're at home or in the mm-hmm. boardroom where yeah. you the same things we're using the same resources we're pulling out of the same pocket right. and yeah. often it's not recognized right because the perception is you know if you're in the boardroom and typically if you're if you're a guy in the boardroom you're where you mm-hmm. should. And you're doing yeah. a job. But as a woman, when we are in that position where we have to step into these roles that are not traditional or male-dominated inter- um, industries, then that conflicts uh, arise straight away, which impacts or, or will eventually impact mental health. And mm-hmm. when you put motherhood on top of that, again, you further stretch that. Um, that going outside the comfort zone, so to speak, which creates added dimension. So yeah, I think I would agree things like support group will help because I found the the support I'm getting at work is is helping me manage more and it's, it's helping me develop that consciousness of what I'm doing with my mental health and how all of the different roles I play feed into my, my well-being and all of that, so I think it's going to be a really good uh, thing going forward. And of course, um, app-based mental health is not something I've used before. I know there are different mm-hmm. um, platform, and LifeWorks is uh, one of the yes. ones um, I've, I've been offered um, at work, but it's not something I've used. <laughs> so I think maybe uh, as a, as a as a final question from me would be how do we get more people um, being aware of app based or really more accessible mental health care um, just, just to help us in our everyday lives and challenges?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, no matter where you're based in the world, um, Mental Happy is available on iOS, um, in the Apple Store, um, and we're also available on Google Play. So if you have Android or iOS, um, you can find the Mental Happy apps there. Um, you can also search on on the mobile apps or on the website at mentalhappy.com, um, and you can find you can find uh, peer support groups that are um, based here in the U.S. Again, it, it doesn't matter if you're outside the U.S. Um, if you are a support group uh, leader and you would like to start um, or if you are a provider and you'd like to start a support group on our platform, um, you can go to mentalhappy.com. You'll see a section that says um, start a support group. You're welcome to um, submit an application. We do have a bit of a, a vetting process um, to look into you know, your background before approving your group on the platform. Um, and anything other than that, if you just like what we're doing, you want to follow, you want to support and just kind of really just be about our movement of, um, really expanding, um, mental health services really globally. Um, our, our big goal, our big mission is to expand it and access to mental health resources to over a billion people globally one day. So, um, big hairy goal and we're happy to have um, anybody. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. Um, we're on all the social platforms. Um, we are also, um, for the second time now, we, we, we're, this is probably the last time we do this, but we're opening up a pre-IPO opportunity um, for people who want to invest in Mental Happy. The great thing is that um, you don't have to have a lot of money Um, and you don't have to be traditionally an investor. Um, So if you really care about our mission and care about what we do, um, and you really want to be part of the company, like to own a part of the company, um, you can invest at startengine.com slash mental happy. I can share the, the links with you guys in case you Um, I don't know if you put it on video or put it on the audio somehow, Um, but it's, it's an opportunity that's really near and dear for me because um, very rarely do um, women and people of color um, have the opportunity to kind of close the wealth gap to kind of financially um, invest in pre IPO opportunities It's usually the guys and the big boys. And by the time you've learned about a company, they are, (laughs) they're worth like billions of dollars and, and you missed it years ago, you know, like you missed it 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Um, So we've gotten just a tremendous amount of support from customers, fans, followers over the past six years. So I really wanted to open up this opportunity to let people share in um, more of our success that we're experiencing that's really because of them. So if you are interested um, in being part of us, you can um, definitely check it out at startengine.com slash mental happy. And uh, it's also open up, it's open to people internationally as well. So you don't just have to be based in the US. And thank you guys so much for having me. I've I've had a blast on this call. Thank you sure. so much for having no me. No
0: worries. Here. I was going to say that's a, an excellent note to draw a conclusion. And just thank you both so much for for doing this. And I hope you have a wonderful Friday. Yeah. You
2: too. Right. Thank, <laughs> thank you. Have a nice weekend, guys. Okay. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening. Okay.